back with Johnny, and today we are going to talk about how, when you're listening to prophetic voices and prophetic voices themselves, how are they influenced by the belief of the end times? And so, really the question is, if you have more of a kingdom mindset, will you prophesy one way? If you have kind of an impending end of times that everything is going to be doom, doom, doom around the corner, that's going to influence um, the way you prophesy. So, so Johnny, why don't you speak a little bit into just how your perspective on how the end times influences the prophetic? That's, you know, that's just a great question, Chris. And really, I know it's on the minds of many people, even as they hear what we speak on the seven mountains and reformation and, and, you know, the glory of God being increased. And there is a contradiction that surfaces in many people based on the way they were raised in their church, their church denomination and, you know, because uh, there seems to be a narrative that's come out that things have to get worse before Jesus comes. And so how can we be trying to get, make society better? And, uh, and when you believe that way, it affects everything on how you uh, receive and manifest the kingdom. And specifically the question you brought up, it'll affect the way you prophesy. Mm-hmm. And if you have a prophetic call or inspiration, if you, uh, if you are trying to fit in everything you're seeing prophetically under a grid of everything has to go worse and it has to happen soon, you know, uh, because that's the part most people don't realize is if when you don't have a good perspective, you can't back up enough to look at multiple generations. You can't look back over centuries, what's been the trend and the tendency. You can think, that, yeah, I think he's coming any moment, and obviously it's because he is. We're so validate our own feelings and our own perceptions. Uh, I remember being a little kid and thinking that. Uh, obviously, he's coming real soon because I think he is. Mm-hmm. I feel he is. And then at some point, you realize this is something you inherit, something you've been trained to believe and think. It's in your songs. I'll fly away, oh glory, just a few more weary days. And the scripture, it's being preached, and it's in your songs, and it happens. The next thing you know, you're like, wow. Jesus is coming. Some some part of the end, the millennial uh, reign, the Antichrist, the one world government, some end time scenario is happening soon. And the reason you know it's because you feel it. And um, and and it's it comes out of a perspective that's coming to you again through through uh, multiple streams, both both in your your singing, your music, your your teaching and things like that. And so it will affect, you know, speaking of today's prophetic movement. There are, are prophets, and they, there's ones that are called prophets of hope and one prophets of doom. And part of the difference between a prophet of hope and a prophet of what some will call doom and gloom is a prophet of doom and gloom doesn't even realize he's been affected by a perspective that says, you know, Jesus can't really come until things get worse. And so that is next. And it's the secondary part that uh, I think is, uh, again, what I uh, refers to what I was just talking about is that you think everything that's in the scripture and in the word has to be fulfilled, is about to be fulfilled, not only in your lifetime, but in the next two or three to five years. It's amazing how uh, how much that trend is repeated over and over in all people's, well, it's in the word, well, it's in the word. Well, the one thing that is not in the word is the when, and the when of everything. You know, Ecclesiastics talks about there's a time for for everything, time to die, time to live, time to plant, time to harvest. And when you, this, this disclaimer of, well, it's in the word and you find all the negative scriptures or all the scriptures that speak of coming judgment or something you translate as coming judgment. 
and you try to apply them to present day scenario just because it's in the word, you know, you have to apply that there's a time for everything. Literally, the scripture covers every uh, pers- uh, every possibility. You know, you'll talk about uh, the dragon, the beast, and all that. And then we have Habakkuk 2.14, the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. Isaiah 60 and 61, very positive. Nations will walk to the light of the sons of God. Arise and shine, your light has come. So where do we go with this? Well, it's why without the Holy Spirit directing and guiding this, uh, apart from what you grew up with in your eschatology, you're going to go in the wrong. Uh, you're going to go in the wrong way, and and you can't just say it's there uh, in the Word. Uh, you really have to see what's being highlighted uh, for for today, and so it's a it's a big deal to uh, it's important we'll put it that way to process for oneself. Like if I'm speaking to prophets, young prophets, even established prophets, is now find out the grid for for the end times. You know, we call it the end times. Eschatology is the, the bigger word for it. One's eschatology really does, it affects everything, and it for sure is going to affect uh, how you prophesy. I had uh, somebody point out, <clears throat> there's some study done that really, ultimately, everyone's, quote, eschatology, though everyone likes to say it's because it's Bible-based, that it's generally born from a personality, um, from uh, characteristics that they grew up under. If they grew up under a lot of gloom and doom in their own personal life, there's an expectation of that. If there was more hope, then they will they will embrace an eschatology with more hope. And so just find out. Find out. That's a good self uh, question for one to do who's stepping into the prophetic. Are you prophesying um, out of out of a you know a childhood scenario? That, that, that you lived under, and could that be, you know, is the gloom, the personal gloom uh, that you grew up under, is that affecting um, how you prophesy in, in some way? And, you know, it, and I don't think there's a, you know, I don't think, well, I grew up in too hopeful, I don't know anybody who's ever told me that I just grew up in too hopeful of a household. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that's generally uh, the problem. But on this, Chris, let me just go on a little more with it. It's, I think, two two big questions to be answered are, um, and, and when these get answered for ourselves, that they can really help bring clarity even to how we prophesy and how we live. Because there's two components, how we prophesy and then there's how we live and how we showcase the kingdom of God, you could say. And the question number one is, do things have to get worse next or better next? Because... It, if someone is operating to the narrative that things, which would, we could say the narrative would be the eschatology end times. If you operate to the narrative, things have to get worse next, then you can't embrace anybody who says there's a positive blip coming uh, or a positive extended period of time. It's like, no, 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 this is interrupting. And particularly it's interrupting Jesus return. And we all want we all want the final. We all want to anticipate the coming of Jesus. We want the marriage supper of the Lamb. We want end game as soon as possible. And so when we prophesy something that doesn't seem to be next in the way we have set up the narrative in our own mind, then we're like, no, 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 we can't, we can't, we can't run with that. And that is uh, uh, a different question even than a follow-up question. Do things have to get worse before Jesus comes or better before Jesus comes? Mm-hmm. And I want to sub, uh, submit that it's a difference. What's next and Jesus coming are not the, one and the same. That you could have a separate answer for each one. You could, you could have an answer 
um, that things are getting better next and that there could be uh, things getting worse before Jesus comes. In some aspect of it, depends how, how you look at it. And and uh, But if, if the Lord is saying, and this is what I believe, just go ahead and get to it, uh, my perspective, my eschatology, my particular thoughts on what's present and what's next, is that we are to go, that we are going to go into an extended time of receiving and showcasing the kingdom of God on earth. That we are going to step into the Habakkuk 2.14 reality. The whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God, not just that he saves, but of his ways of functioning in every area of society as the waters cover the sea. That's how you know it's not just in the church because the waters cover the sea, not in a small percentage, it's 100%. The whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. What you find out from all those scriptures as well on the glory of God is that when it speaks of the glory, it's never like he's going to remove us and showcase his glory. It's as Isaiah 60. You arise, you shine. His glory will be seen on you as you arise. It's not something he's intending to do apart from us. In his narrative for us, he wants that to happen. And so we understand that that's next. And then you say, well, at some point, things got to get back. There, there has to be a challenge at some point. But I think we're not near the time when that challenge is going to take place, that we're a long time, probably two or three generations at least, from a time where there is a people of God on earth who the, the Lord allows them to get challenged by whatever. Uh, now, some scenario you want to find from the scripture of uh, one world government, great tribulation, something uh, in in that direction. It's actually easily in my mind to consider that we're, there's already presently been a one world government and that we are now called to be challenging that, that we have been living under um, essentially criminals on the mountains of government throughout the whole world. I think proof of that is going to be uh, forthcoming. It's, it's like a, a minimum of 90% of the nation's and very possibly 99% of the nations that that's um, uh, a reality. So anyway, that's just some of my musings on it. But Yeah, no, it's really good. So essentially what you're saying here is, you know, because right now there's obviously a lot of voices coming out. And it seems like whenever there's some kind of, I remember in 2007, 2008, when the stock market crashed, you know, you see blips of it. I think the people become very hungry for the, for the prophetic when the world is shifting, you know, mm-hmm. like what is God saying, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it seems like it's very easy to try to fit your end times belief into what you're hearing in the prophetic, mm-hmm. you know? And so I would imagine you've been seeing this for 40 years longer than I have. <laughs> um, but you know, is it, is it safe to say that much of the commentary from the prophetic world, you know, is based around this view of, of the end of the world, you know, Yes, and you know, you go back to whether it's Hal Lindsey's The Late Great Planet Earth from 1970 or 70s, again, 50 years ago, and he's got the whole earth being done with then. And again, um, there has to be at least an admittance of wrongness on timing. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, Timing is everything. Yeah. If somebody says, listen, I'm going to meet you at Starbucks at 3 p.m. Right. And you get there at 11, like, where is he? And it's right. like, it, it's like it, it defeats the whole purpose yeah, yeah, yeah. of telling the information mm-hmm. to start with. So it's really not helpful uh, information if it's not more specific. Right. Even if it's not a specific 
date of June 7th, whatever. There's, it's got to be something more than that in order to be, to be helpful. And so we have the Left Behind series that made millions and millions of dollars. And there's a, you know, a Hollywood movie made from it. And, and, and so there is a preparing of people to be left behind, to abandon the planet, to expect the late great planet Earth. The Earth is going to be done for based on uh, really just wrong processing of scripture. And then you see it's amazingly damaging when you understand, I understand from having been around since then, and you, you, you just hear it. It was, I, I think, really 90% of the evangelical church was affected by those two books and series. Uh, and, and, and really, it, it became... It's what we were known for. Even when Hollywood speak of us, it'd be like, well, they're the ones that are tell you, get saved, Jesus is coming, and it's coming in a form of judgment. Mm-hmm. Well, it just changes the way you're yeah. going to do everything. Yeah. It takes your legs totally. out from how you're going to show up in society. Yeah, and I, that, that makes a lot of sense to me, even just as, as someone operating in society. It's like, how do you build any kind of legacy? How do you focus on what to build on? How do you think past... Yeah. How do you think generationally if you're always convinced that yeah. the end is tomorrow? You yeah. know, it's like it almost just cuts your legs out from underneath any of your decision making. Um, and Absolutely. That, I mean, that makes sense. So would you say then that I just I want to just make sure that we're clear on the aspect of like you believe that things will get better and then there will be a challenge versus the idea that things things will get worse and then God comes back for that that kind of bride. Is that more or less... Yeah, uh, and even as as headed towards better, um, it doesn't mean it's not war in in a sense, and mm-hmm. it's not a challenge. And again, you know, there's our own grid for processing things. How we grew up, two people in the same household can have experienced the same day, and at the end of the day, someone can ask them, ask them, you know, how was the day? It's like, oh man, it was so hot. Mm-hmm. It was a hundred degrees and it was sweating and yeah and then you know I, I kicked my tire when I was in my toes hurt and, mm-hmm. and and the other guy says oh man we went to whatever whitewater yeah. this is, I got to stop at star at star mm-hmm. I got an ice cream I got there's like there's good and bad happening all the time and you can have an eye for the negative yeah. and an eye for the positive and you can have a different uh, perspective. Then there's what's truly objective. What really did happen? Whenever you learn to judge and look at something through the paradigm of the kingdom and kingdom values, then all of a sudden you change the way you process things. And so there's a general upgrade in how we process that has to take place um, anyway in order for that to happen. But I do think we are, I think the way I hear it from the Lord and that I think is being um, confirmed by many prophetic, uh, significant prophetic voices is we're headed towards a time of manifesting the kingdom of God on earth as never before. And that's a positive. Mm-hmm. Now in it, it doesn't step into a vacuum. Mm-hmm. It's a displacement. It's yeah. disruptive. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, good technology is good technology, but it's like Steve Jobs, when he brought in the iPhones, if we put it that way, it was awesome new technology. Mm-hmm. We love it. We carry it around like this, but it displaced mm-hmm. cords and everybody, all the industry connected to... Yeah. Telephones as they were, were disrupted. So was it good for them? No. So we're headed into the most disruptive time in history, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so disruptive solutions, disruptive presence, and it's massively good in the context of the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be experienced good mm-hmm. for everyone, depending on uh, where they're at. You know, there's, there's 
or we're aware of there's a, a new energy coming and, and yeah. there's talks of it and and but suddenly this is not so good for all the people who are in the old energy, in the oil yeah, energy. Yeah, yeah. so that's going to continue being a reality mm-hmm. and so it's like is that good or bad and and it's it's according to where you are but if you can see it from a kingdom standpoint if you were to talk about just for instance on that matter this is about how you do kingdom processing even as it relates to energy okay if you have a fuel source that pollutes the air and it comes from you know it's it, it comes from underground it's black it's dark or you have a solar energy that's been advanced to some new level or uh, all kinds of other things I know about as well, but a solar energy that really has no downside to it, has has no carbon, what's the word, CO2 yeah. uh, footprint, footprint yeah. that it leaves in that. You're like, hey, this is just better. Mm-hmm. You know, I just have to be, have to admit it. I'm going to lose some money on my oil here. But th- and so that's how you learn to pat process moving forward. But I believe we're in a kingdom, expanded kingdom uh, timetable. And then at some point, you know, we're going to carry so much presence and so much glory as sons and daughters of the king. We're going to have unprecedented, um, we're going to have unprecedented authority, glory, presence. You know, I have a prophetic friend has seen the day where, uh, you know, a son and daughter, a son of God or a daughter of God was, she saw a picture in a place of devastation where an earthquake had taken place and that son came there and reversed it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, whoa. And somebody else raised somebody from the dead from their ashes. Mm-hmm. And they formed from that. And those are like, you know, Jesus says the works that I do yeah. and, and greater. And so you look, you can go, wow. But when we have, let's say, a generation, we know it's still a rarity, raising from the mm-hmm. dead. Even healings are not as co- near as common as we, we want. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, it's why it's, it's reported on if there's a significant miracle. But let's say two, three generations from now, mm-hmm. we have sons and daughters of the king that, much more prone to unity, much more prone to hearing the voice of God. They see in the spirit. They see the angelic world. Mm -hmm. They see the supernatural world. They're operating not just in church, but in society, in every area with solutions from God. And and they've grown. They've matured. Mm -hmm. I look at it different as, okay, we're nine-year-olds right now, and they're Mm -hmm. 25-year-olds or whatever it is. They're mature. I think there's at some point the Lord allows Mm -hmm. Satan to do says, Okay, go for it. Mm -hmm. I'm... I'm ready with my kids. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And then there's what's uh, considered the great tribulation. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's just a perspective I have. You know, Rick Joyner, I, I, I remember this from years and years and years ago. He, uh, he, he had an open vision and he was looking like a, a heart monitor at a hospital in this vision. And he saw, you know, the line that goes across there. And then it just had the brief, briefest beep, you know, blip, mm, blip. And so, but he knew the Lord was trying to tell him something. And he, he asked him, says, Lord, what was that? And the Lord said, that was the great tribulation. Mm-hmm. And it was like for those walking with me. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be shorter, much less a deal. But if we were to hear now, the problem is if you try to handle today as an eight-year-old or equivalent, mm-hmm. right. the challenges that are coming, yeah. they would... That's why even if somebody can see into the future that far into what kind of challenges, mm-hmm. it, it's, you, it's, it's like it's a whole, it's just an entirely different grid because, uh, you know, there's going to be some equivalent of super, uh, supermen, super Avengers mm-hmm. kingdom uh, demonstration on earth. And uh, it's going to be, 
it's going to be quicker and better. So but, you're basically saying that if you're someone who is is you know un, under the power of the spirit or have has that manifestation in your life to such a degree, it's going to feel like a blip. Whereas it could, if you didn't have that, it could feel like much different, obviously, than if you weren't someone who was. Yeah, and it's again, it's it's not for a reason. We're not getting a lot of prophetic, true prophetic insight on it is because it's not for our day. Yeah. That's, that's the whole key to the prophetic is it's really not useful information if it doesn't have at least a bracket of timing. Yeah, uh, some kind of application. Some application <laughs> yeah, for today. Right. And so it goes into speculation. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, the challenge is he's really not talking to us about challenges we're not going to face in our life unless it's to release a word of hope for a coming generation. Mm-hmm. We just uh, yeah. uh, find that. And so, again, that goes into, yeah, things got to get worse before they get I think things got to get better. Yeah. We got to showcase the kingdom. Uh, the Isaiah 60, nations will walk to the light of the sons of God, yeah. that we haven't done that. And so, do you, what part of, you know, I, I think a lot of people were looking at the establishment of the state of Israel in 1948 as a massively prophetic thing that was happening, you know, and a lot of, I mean, I don't, you're older than me, so you'll have a better understanding of what was happening even before that seemed that came forward, but do you have any perspective on just what is that? Does that matter at all? Does it? It matters a lot. Uh, you know, and you know, one of the uh, questions I would say challenges I get is when I say, you know, unpack your rapture bags, and mm-hmm. it's it's time to commit to the assignment, mm-hmm. the the assignment of the kingdom, salt being salt and light in every area of society. You are the salt of the earth. It's the salt and loss of savor. It's good for nothing but to be trampled upon, cast mm-hmm. out. So if we don't salt with the presence of God and solutions of God, if we don't bring that into government, government's going to trample us, mm-hmm. cast us out. Hollywood's going to do it. You can go Wall Street. You can just go around all the areas of society and spend the reality we've lived in. Mm-hmm. If we don't showcase the kingdom, then we're going to, we're going to get... Um, trampled and cast out by it. And so that, that's, that's what's, what's going on. And so, yes, we want to, um, you know, the question I'll get is, well, what about the scripture that says, uh, anticipating, I think it's specifically Second Peter 3.12, anticipating and hesitating the coming of the Lord. And, uh, um, and so it's like, hey, we're supposed to anticipate. You're telling us, no, don't anticipate it. Throw away your rapture rugs or, or, or whatever and, and get into that. What about that scripture or another uh, scripture, uh, Revelation twenty two twelve says, behold, I'm coming soon. Mm-hmm. What about that? See, it's in the Bible. And it's like there's some obvious answers to that. They seem to be missing. Like on that one is like, okay, when was that written? Yeah. 2,000 years ago. Right. So soon, as first of all, let's make it clear. Soon is clearly different in our vocabulary than in God's right. vocabulary, right. who's... Uh, been there for forever, mm-hmm. and and so the the soon uh, the that it says in Revelation he's coming soon cannot be applied in the context of how we live, and that soon means um, whatever a year, two years, mm-hmm. three years, five years, and and um, it, you know a, a thousand more years would still be soon in in mm-hmm. his his mind um, as it relates to. Uh, the, the scripture in Second Peter anticipate and hastening the coming of the Lord. I think we've done great at anticipating, mm-hmm. but not good at hastening. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's where our our big error is. And the, the hastening means. And again, if you just look at it another way, if that scripture again, Second Peter three twelve, anticipating and hastening the coming of the Lord. Um, 
if we can hasten the coming of the Lord. Yeah, what does that mean? Do you like that's almost implying that there's something that we can do? Yes. You know, and, and, and you would think, okay, well, the converse is also true. We can slow down the coming of the Lord, that it's not about a date mm-hmm. per se, it's about a process per se. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, scriptures uh, as well, Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship made for good works. And that applies individually and corporately. So if he's given, he says, I want to build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against them. So he's thinking of something we must accomplish. We must build up to a resistance against the gates of hell, a resistance to it or an invasion against them. There's something we have to fulfill. There's a storyline that we have to fulfill, not a waiting timetable. And we've, we've embraced this. Okay, we're going to anticipate it. The Bible says anticipate it. Mm-hmm. And so we've locked in that, but it's, uh, you know, I, I think, the, I don't know if this is a good analogy or, or not, but I think it works in some way. If we can imagine, uh, you know, being in our house and, and um, or if you're a dad or mom, the storyline I'll get is okay. I, uh, if I'm the dad and I tell my sons or a son, okay, I'm going, I'm going to work. I'm going out for a moment mm-hmm. and I want you to do, uh, I want you to mow the lawn and take the trash out. Mm-hmm. And when your mom tells me you've taken, done that, then I'm coming home and we're going to go to Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, if you just apply that, now it's like, dad said he's going to take me to Starbucks. Right. Dad, we're doing a lot of dad said he's going to take me to Starbucks right. and anticipating the end. But he says, mom's going to tell me, which would be kind of the Holy Spirit here. Uh, when did you do the assignment? Mm-hmm. And, that, and is, that's so consistent through scripture. Acts 3.21 says, Jesus is held or retained in the heavens until the restoration of all things spoken by servants, the prophets. That word, until. That until is clearly not just, I'm checking off dates, and this is when I'm coming. Until means something has to happen first. And that's the part. The the part that has to happen is the hastening. That's where we can hasten. And it's almost ironic that the first part of that, that phrase is what's held us back from the second part. Yeah. We're so anticipating. Like, don't you take... Don't try to remove my rapture rug uh, uh, from from me. But again, back to the analogy, analogy I just gave of the son that's waiting for his father but doesn't want to do the assignment at first. You know, he's putting his tennis shoes. He's ready to go, and he's got his, you know, whatever. He's geared up to go to, uh, uh, to, go to Starbucks later because his dad said that or some celebratory place they're going to do. And so he doesn't. He doesn't embrace, he might have to dress a little different to be out there mowing the lawn and doing the other things, but he's so getting ready to the celebratory part, Mm -hmm. he forgot the whole process that has to take place first. Mm -hmm. And I think that's almost a good, a good explanation of, of how we're, how we're messing, uh, missing and messing, messing it because yeah, it is, it's the thing. I'm I'm not one that, uh, you know, it's like, yes, and Jesus is coming. That's a a joy for me. There's a celebration. There's the marriage supper of the Lamb. Mm-hmm. All this stuff, a whole lot of mystery surrounding mm-hmm. exactly what it is. We know it's good. Our spirit tells us it's good. And and whatever we go through here, there's something that I always like, well, one day. There is a one day. Mm-hmm. No more tears. No more, wow, heaven. So heaven is 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 there. And so it's, you know, it sustains us as well to, to lose a fear of dying or whatever here because it's like yeah you can't threaten me with heaven right and and so that's just a great thing that's there but to be so motivated about by going into heaven that we can no longer function here Mm -hmm. it's a problem and we connect it to the prophetic 
it's interesting because I've had, I've heard this from people and prophets who have had profound encounters with mm-hmm. the Lord. And some of you who are asking for profound encounters and to yeah. see the future and the glory, it, it's more than one uh, prophet that I know of personally that has said it, it, his life, it was difficult from the time he was taken into the presence of the Lord mm-hmm. just to care enough for About, him. Yeah, because it's It so, just ruined him. Totally. Yeah, you and just you, want to be there all the time. You just want to, <laughs> totally. just want to be you, there. You can't blame someone for no. having that perspective, you know, so... That's no, this is really good. So, I think this is a really interesting just to kind of hear your perspective on this, but also just to understand when you're listening to prophetic voices, it's really important to understand what they believe about the time that we're in because they're going to prophesy out of that perspective. And so, um, this is really, really good. I think that this is going to end it for right now. Um, the next one we're going to jump into is Johnny's going to talk a little bit about how he hears from the prophetic, how he would encourage other people to hear. Um, you know, the Bible tells us that we should all prophesy. So he's going to give us some guardrails for how to think about that. So you don't want to miss that episode. This podcast was made available by contributions from listeners like you. To donate, go online to restore7.org. Thank you.